Hello and welcome to Charity Chats. Um, we have a special small talk episode for you today and we're recording this in December 2022 at a time where the uh, cost of living crisis, the climate crisis and war in Ukraine are making a lot of people's lives very difficult. Here at Charity Chats, uh, we believe that the third sector's remit of supporting those in need in our society is already leading to high stress professionals leaving the sector and unprecedented difficulties for our colleagues across uh, civil society. While many of our episodes over the past few weeks and in the coming months will help to show the impact of these challenges on charities and the wonderful work that they're doing to address them, we wanted to take a moment to talk about the thin glimmers of hope that we could all focus on to help us through the dark times. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, this episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good is a fundraising platform helping charities raise sustainable, unrestricted income from business sales. They're on a mission to help charities unlock some of the 2.3 trillion pounds in revenue that SMEs make every year. They do this by making the contract side, the commercial participation agreement of sales fundraising easy. The platform saves fundraisers and charities valuable time, thousands of pounds in resource and legal fees and streamlines supporter experience and ultimately helps fundraisers raise more unrestricted income. Without further ado, let's talk to the team here today. We've got the whole team um, all the producers from uh, Charity Chat. Maybe if we start this episode by asking Freya, what's keeping you positive at the moment? So Sam, yeah, definitely a lot of good things to look forward to. And as fundraisers, it's important to always think about the future because there'll always be peaks and troughs. That's my little momentum, you know, wisdom for the year. <laughs> so. I've just started a new role in legacy this year, legacies this year. So, and it was actually quite an, obviously legacies are quite sad and a lot of death involved, but on the plus side, it's really encouraging to see that the legacy kind of sector in itself is developing every year. And although I know there's a lot of, a bit of concern around cash gifts at the moment and that kind of individual income, it's almost highlighting how much more important legacy giving is. Um, and especially as they're less volatile and also they're usually unrestricted, which means if you start investing legacy in fundraising now, the next time something like this happens, there's always gonna be another recession. You'll have that unrestricted income to help support you through that time. So that's my little plug for legacies because I know for a lot of smaller charities, it's just a very small part of someone's job and it's obviously often overlooked. Um, but Legacy Foresight have predicted um, that the legacy marketplace in the UK is expected to grow to more than double in the next 10 years. So that's very exciting. Um, sadly, there are gonna be more deaths because you know we've got an aging population, more old people, um, but hopefully, that means more people will be leaving a gift in their will 
I think just over in the last 20 years alone, the number of people who have left a gift uh, in their will has increased by about 1.5%, which isn't a lot. But in terms of the whole population, I think that's pretty, you know, pretty good. Um, And so that's my little lovely, let's give it up for legacies. Although you have to wait like 10 years, but (laughs) it'll get there. (laughs) So start now. That's the answer, now. Yeah. Start now. Start now. Brilliant. So, uh, Rachel Green, what about you? What are you optimistic about? Well, for me, I think my optimism um, is just based to the down to the amazing people that I work with um, within the sector. Um, you know, we've got some really talented individuals with amazing ideas, um, especially around digital and tech. And I can't wait to see, you know, what we achieve next year in 2023. But I think even looking back, um, you know, throughout this year, and it's been super challenging, but I think, again, um, the kind of ingenuity of people who work in comms or um, deliver services, I think, has just shown, you know, not only why we exist as a sector, but also um, addressing the challenges um, around um, fundraising um, and all different types of things. And even, you know, my latest conversation um, with Holly Penalva on the show, um, I think really energized me and reminded me of why I wanted to get into the charity sector in the first place. Um, And one thing that I found, um, it is a really great thing um, that other charities could um, perhaps um, emulate is Shelterbox, have a thank you day um this year on the 7th of December so tomorrow um and Shelterbox are a charity um that support um people across the world um with shelter um when they've been affected by disaster or conflict um and what they do every year <clears throat> so since 2015 um is uh, all staff call at least five supporters and I think that's such an amazing way to um, have that personal touch of, um, you know, reaching out to supporters, making sure that they, um, you know, feel involved in the work and, um, yeah, that kind of longevity of the relationship, I guess. Um, and, yeah, it's a great way to foster engagement with Shelterbox as a charity. And I think that's a great idea, um, you know, for charities to take the day to reflect, because I think sometimes, um, you know, we're always focused on what can we learn, what can we improve, and we don't celebrate enough um, all the things that we've achieved. So, yeah, I thought it's a really nice thing they do. Fantastic. And should we try, or perhaps, can you hear us okay now? Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I can hear you fine now. Um, so, so, Oh, Bar Paul, what what's what are you feeling positive about at the moment? Yeah, so I think uh, it's Friends um, of the Earth. Um, they're a charity, and they're switching to a four day working week. And I feel like it, the charity sector is normally a lot slower to you know kind of catch up with like new trends or new aspects, especially like and. For them to go to a four-day working week and not reduce the salary for their employees, I thought that was really good. And I feel, and I'm hoping we see more remote jobs within the charity sector as well, because 
so right now I'm currently in India, in the south of India, and if I could work remotely within the charity sector, I would love that because it would open so many opportunities up elsewhere. And there is um, one I think organization called um, Give Direct. They uh, they they actually have a lot of remote jobs. Um, with and so their aim is to give the money directly to the community, uh, to the communities, and they're just yeah. So there's changes in the sector which I think is positive. Um, that's pretty much it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I, I was when you started talking about the four day week, everyone was nodding. So I think that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all need a better work-life balance. And that's been a big change over the last couple of years, isn't it? I, I, I wonder how many of us kind of take the time to think about what it was like prior to the pandemic and what our, our work-life balance was like back then. Obviously, there were challenges too. I know that I, for one, don't always like working from home, but, uh, you know, getting a, a kind of hybrid working and things like that seems to be um, on the cards for a lot of people these days, which is good. So Rebecca, Rebecca, what are you what are you feeling positive about at the moment? Um, well, I'm feeling quite positive about a lot of things at the moment. Um, last week, my uh, charity did a Christmas carol. So that's quite a nice way to sort of kick off, you know, December and sort of get in a happy sort of festive mood. And it did sort of um, show that while there is a lot of lot going on right now in the world people are still really willing to give and people are still really wanting to give and people are wanting to make a difference and charity is still like quite important to them and um i saw an article uh about how even though finances are, wor are worsening and um, more than half of people are planning to keep giving the same amount which i thought was really nice so even though people are having to cut back on other things, charity isn't one of the things that they're, you know, willing to cut back on. And I really saw that last week at the carol concert because people really made an effort to give what they could. And I know it's not easy for everyone, but it did, you know, it, it was really nice to see that people were still had that interest and still wanted to, to make a difference, even though it's, it's difficult right now. Absolutely. So, um, Rachel Conroy, last but not least, you've just done the Movember. I don't know if you want, if you can say that, or if you're happy to let that drift into this. Um, you've had a very busy month, but what are you feeling positive about at the moment? Yeah, thanks, Sam. Um, I think Rebecca and me were talking um, before, and we we both noticed the same article um, which was released from Good with their cost of giving monitor and as Rebecca said it's it's great to hear that more than half of the British public uh, are willing to keep their giving levels at, at, as, it, as it is despite the other difficulties that they might be having but within that I think it's it's important to pull out um, that it's actually what they'd consider a heavy giver so those consider 
donating 50 pounds or more in the last three months versus the lighter givers who are actually the ones who are going to continue that. So I think as fundraisers, it's really important for us to be smart in our asks. And um, me and me and a group were talking about this the other day about events and where we want to put our time into events for different organisations we work for and, you know, potentially focusing more on the events that have audiences that are the least likely to be impacted by the cost of giving cost of giving cost of living crisis not cost of giving crisis yet so we're not there yet um but that that's really important as well so that then when those who you know might be struggling more they feel like they can come back to you and how can we be smart about asking the right people to potentially increase their support as they're the ones who will be the the least impacted um but also what i found really interesting within this article is around um the public uk public wanting charities to take more of a political position within the cost of living crisis and um we actually spoke about this on my podcast recently on on the on the cost of living crisis and how it's impacting charities and that a lot of charities are afraid to be political um because they feel that it may be in breach of them you know taking an opinion but as long as you're not party political then there's nothing stopping you and i think to have this almost um you know backup from the british public that they they want us to be more political and they want us to take a position on this i think that's really positive and it can enable us to use our voices more um within the sector to kind of help everyone through this crisis too absolutely yeah very good points i guess the um i i guess for me the the podcast itself is a point of uh, um Kind of optimism i suppose i'd say um i guess i consider myself an optimist and uh, and hopeful um to a core really and it's hard not to feel a bit deflated sometimes especially at the moment but i take a lot from um the uh, the people that are joining us on the podcast the contributors um people that are potentially overcoming some of the challenges that um that they're facing in their work so thinking about people like sarah brooke for example um who we spoke to in uh, episode uh, 209 and who's gone on to create a kind of holistic development charity model which is seeking to support communities throughout malawi and beyond and we've got a lot of people that have talked to us about kind of overcoming challenges like that um and also I think uh, there's a lot of work that's being done at the moment supporting um, children and young people. And uh, we spoke back in 2021, I think, to uh, Indidia Casey CBE, um, who's the CEO of UK Youth. And, uh, and I think you know, that conversation uh, touched on the fact that children are, are facing disruption and challenges because of the pandemic. But... There's work being done there. We're going to be talking to UK youth again in the, in the near future. And, uh, and there's a lot, of, um, a lot of work happening at the moment, including uh, recently the episode 221, I think, with uh, Anthony York and Paul Williams um, around uh, overcoming challenges that young people are facing. So I'd say that this podcast is uh, something that keeps me hopeful. And uh, seems to be helping others as well. We're getting an increased listenership year on year, which is fantastic. And uh, having so many diverse voices focused on doing good and helping charities is um, is revitalizing for me. 
I think that's a really good point on um, on helping young people as well, Sam, but also the kind of like hope of a lot of younger people in terms of what they want to see from the world and not just directly within charities, but actually how people are coming together for, for positive social impact. Um, and I think that's something, you know, really positive to, to take. I think it was, um, you know, McKinsey released the report not that recently, but fairly recently on kind of the influence of of Gen Z and how they want to have a positive impact on the world as well as as well as you know having a personal kind of place in the world. So I think that's a that's a great thing to take. And how can we as charities be you know working to help the the younger generation and then also kind of building them as kind of long-term supporters for us as well and it kind of comes full circle to what Freya was saying at the start about legacy giving and how we can kind of have these supporters for life and and continue to get the younger generation interested in the in charity in the sector absolutely yeah So so thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for us to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good is a fundraising platform helping charities raise sustainable, unrestricted income from business sales. They're on a mission to help charities unlock some of the £2.3 trillion in revenue that SMEs make every year. They do this by making the contract side, the commercial participation agreement of sales fundraising easy. The platform saves fundraisers and charities valuable time, thousands of pounds in resource and legal fees and streamlines supporter experience and ultimately helps fundraisers raise more unrestricted income. Also like to thank Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axmit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. And Forrester Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out right now. That's it from us. Keep on doing what you can. Speak to you soon. Cheerio.